today's guest, Loaded Sports Outlier Sessions, hailing from, and let me know if I say this right, Florissant. Florissant. Right? Florissant. Florissant. Yeah. Florissant. <laughs> it's kind of French. Florissant. Right outside of San Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, the son of St. Louis himself, <laughs> Navon <laughs> Zanatello. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me. All right. So just a little color for everybody. Zanatello coming from St. Louis, committed to Arkansas, one of the top athletes in the entire 2023 MLB draft class. He's a shortstop. Uh, he just had a really big fall with Team USA. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but really excited to have you on the show. Uh, got a whole bunch of really good questions for you, and I'm definitely going to put you on the hot seat right off the bat. Sure. All right. So this one's fun. Uh, have you ever been up in the arch? And if so, have you ever been up there on a windy day? Yeah. I went when I was about six or seven. I want to say I was six. Um, I went right after a basketball game with my family that was in town. And it's like real weird whenever you go up there because it's like it's not an elevator you get put in like ferris wheel carts and you like you're chugging up you're swaying and moving and then whenever it's windy even whenever you're just standing there looking down like on the city it looks like the arch is like swaying like this and then it doesn't help out when it's windy like you feel like you're going there and there so it's pretty scary when you're at the top yeah uh we did that back in end of november we were driving through st louis we went yeah. up there. It wasn't even a windy day, but I think you did this really well. That's exactly yeah, and in the exactly car. Yeah, in the car. It's real old and real like real sketch, but once you get to the top, it's worth it. I'd say. Yeah, we got up there and we looked out. And we were like, "All right, we've seen enough." And then we went to turn her back around, and they're like, "Now nah, you got to stay up here for like ten minutes." And we're like, Whoa. "Yeah." As long as long as you're looking at the Missouri side of the river, it's nice. As soon as you turn around, look at the Illinois side, it's just like, eh. yeah, it's not nice over there. No, nah, but it's kind of a cool view. Uh, definitely yeah. something that people got to do. Oh, yeah. I agree. All right. So, St. Louis, are you a Cardinals fan? Yes or no? Of course. Of course. Oh, of course. You're wearing the hat. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you got on the, the outlook of the 2023 roster? I like it a lot. I think we're going to be a lot better than people are expecting. Um, our infield's real nice. Got to do something with the outfield, though. We got to do something to get Jordan Walker up here. I think we, we're going to need his bet. Whether we got to get rid of O'Neill or Carlson or do something with one of those guys. I know Nude Bar stand, and then Walker's got to come up. Yeah, I mean, it's of, I think they might have the most depth position wise of any team yeah. in Major League Baseball. It's insane. Yeah. I think they do a good job of like budgeting that, too. You know, because we could have got, we could have went out and got Trey Turner or Dansby Swanson, or a few years back we could have got Christian Yelich or Bryce Harper. But I think what they do to save money, I think it always works out in the long run. But it sucks in the moment because you're like, we have enough money to get this guy. Why don't we get this guy? You know? Yeah, but I mean, they did that with Arenado. They did that with Goldschmidt yeah. and Goldschmidt. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. They do stuff. You're like, I don't know how they did that, but it works in the long run, so you can't question it. Yeah, they just got to get that front end arm. And, and keep them healthy. Yeah. So if Flaherty can stay healthy, I think they're Flaherty it, and Reyes. Yeah, I mean it, it's tough when you when you go into a playoff series like they did last year against the Phillies, and it's like Nola Wheeler. It's yeah. tough to go toe to toe. Back to back, top end arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, cool. Do you have a favorite spot 
or type of food to eat back home that you want to shout out? I love hibachi. It's a uh, it's called Oishi Sushi Bar out in Chesterfield, right by my gym. I go there anytime I can. Me and my dad. So I love hibachi. Crushing yeah. hibachi. And then um, St. Louis is known for like the fried rice. Uh, it's a place not too far from my house called China King. You got to get ham fried rice, fried dark with extra egg. I'm yeah, putting that down for the next time I'm in St. Louis. Yeah. Got to get it. Got to get dark fried rice. I didn't know it was known for fried rice. Yeah. I yeah, didn't even know you could be known barbecue for that. And then like Emo's pizza uh, or any thin crust pizza, really. Like my dad calls me so St. Louis all the time. Like we'll go to Chicago. I don't like deep dish. We'll go to New York. New York style is okay. Detroit style is okay. But any thin crust type pizza, I love it. That's like cracker thin. The cheese yeah. goes all the way to the crust. There's no crust. Provel, really. yeah, Provel and mozzarella cheese mix. I either get bacon and sausage or uh, sausage and mushroom. So Did you, the people are getting culture right now. St. Louis, yeah. the things we didn't yeah. know. <laughs> the more you know. That's it, St. Louis style pizza. I gotta try that next time I roll through there too. So I got St. Louis style pizza and fried, fried rice. rice. Yeah, and I'm gonna just go back to this and, and get your order and just just get it done. Yeah, call it a day. Get it done. That's it. All right. Uh, best baseball player. All right, so not best athlete. Best, like, pure baseball player you played with this past summer. Played with? Uh, there's a few guys I can name. Let me name a few. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Dylan Head, Roman Martin, Rock Chalowski, and uh, Darnell Parker. Those are some of the few guys. And Zion Rose, and he's a freak. I love, I love playing with Zion. First time I met him, I was like 14, playing with Team Elite in a tournament down in uh, West Palm. And ever since then, we've been seeing each other everywhere. Same with Darnell. Um, I think he gets overlooked a lot. Um, probably the smoothest hands in our class in the NFL, if I have to say. Like, the actions are there. The actions are present. The tools are loud. Um, rock. Rock is just a loud presence everywhere he goes. The bat, he's clutch in the field, clutch at the plate. Um, Dylan, I think Dylan and I share a lot of similarities, uh, both being Midwest guys. Uh, him and I bonded a lot at the Breakthrough Series. Like, um, I always heard his name in like previous summers, but this summer we played on the same summer team with USA Prime. And then we were at, if you name an event, we were there together. Like we went to everything together from Breakthrough to PDP, Dream Series, Jupiter, like we were there all the time and only went up from uh, the first time we met. So, yeah. Yeah, that summer showcase circuit really has a way of making the, the country feel a lot smaller. You see the same people yeah. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. No, that's awesome. Um, all right, so follow-up question, similar. Uh, who yeah. was the best athlete you played with this past summer? And it could be one of those guys you named. Uh, but yeah, who do you want to shout out for their athleticism? Probably Lee Ellis. Lee Ellis? Yeah. Let's go. I met him, met, met him down at Dream Series. Uh, we caught each other uh, twin one and twin two. Like everything we did, we matched it or topped it. He did this, I topped it. I did this, he topped it. And we just go back and forth at everything. Dude. So yeah, so now like you're, trying to, a lot. you're trying to top his interview right now. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, Lee's great. Yeah. Uh, a really yeah. enjoyed conversation with him. So, um, favorite place 
that you traveled in the past year? So it doesn't have to just be last summer. It could be last fall. It could be yeah. recent. Um, either Mexico this past fall or um, when I was when I was 12, went to San Diego for a tournament. Probably the nicest weather I've ever experienced in my life. Every day, sun up to sundown, 68 to 75 with a slight breeze. Sun's there, but it's not beaming. It's not dry, but it's not raining. You know, the beach is right there. The water was cold and clean. I get out of a Florida beach. The water is like real warm and dirty. You can't see the bottom, but San yep. Diego was real nice. Yeah, San Diego. I always say San Diego and Boston are the two best cities in America. Yeah, everything is so expensive in San Diego, dude. Yeah, it's so insane. expensive. Like, but you want to talk about like food. 2017. <laughs> I mean, this is back in like 2017 i went there and gas was already like four dollars out there yeah so like everything's real high out there it's insane yeah you go to yeah. california right now or you go to certain parts of california it'd be Ridiculous. like six seven bucks for gas i don't know how people live out there no but it's the sunshine tax though so. <laughs> right it's worth it i guess yeah i guess um all right so last one and then we'll really get into it uh what is a billikin in your own words and does it scare you yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like you see a picture and it's like an elephant, and then you see like I don't know. You see like the mascot. It's like an elephant without a nose, like a trunkless elephant, like a mythical creature. It's special for sure. But growing up, I never really liked it because I never knew what it was. So I was always kind of scared of it growing up. I don't know how to describe yeah. a billikin. It's everywhere. You go to St. Yeah. Louis and there, there's billikin everywhere. Over. You see a billboard, a poster, some guy got a bumper sticker of a billikin. It's like, you, you don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, I, if if there's one thing about St. Louis, you know, the food's great. Got great baseball fans, you yeah. know. And they got, got they great go. sports fans in general, dude. We need an NBA team or an NFL team. I think they kind of screwed us over when they took the Rams away from us. Yeah. We just had an XFL game. It's like a minor league football game. We had 38,000 people there. It's like an XFL record. So if we're gonna Are watch you that, an XFL fan? I'm not. I didn't go, <laughs> but I had a few friends that went. <laughs> there you go. Bragging on the city's response to XFL. I appreciate it. You know, yeah, you're just yeah. just just repping. Got to rep. All right, let's talk about long-term athlete development. Yeah, uh, it's something that's very important to us at Loden Sports. Uh, the first one, I think, is is something that's important, not just for athletes, but for everyone in general, and it's emotional well-being. So I always yeah. like to kick off these things with um, three things that you're grateful for today. So I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to hit you with what I'm thinking, and then uh, we'll keep rolling. Yeah. Um, the things I'm grateful for, my health. Got to thank God for my health, uh, my family, and then just the opportunity, the opportunity to be here opportunity to do what i do go to school every day play baseball at a high level and just be who i am like not a lot of people have the ability to do this the things that i do the things that i'm able to do so my overall well-being is the biggest thing yeah and i mean something from just our brief conversations up to this point i think that fits yeah. right into you know you being who you are is being very comfortable in your skin so yeah. um yeah i think you got that and I, that's going to be my thing number one for today is being comfortable in my own skin um, cause there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, trying to be something that they're not, or trying to project a certain image for certain people. And, um, you know, I think it's always good when you can just yeah. 
it was like I told Lee. Lee was like, I was the last thing I had for him was like, hey, is there anything else you want people to know about you before we get off this podcast? And he said, you know, I'm really into anime. And he's like, ah, oh, it might be like a weird thing, whatever. I'm like, it's not a weird thing. That's just you being comfortable in your skin. Yeah. You know, it is. it's it's cool that you feel like you can say that, you know, yeah. you're confident in the I'm things that you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, thing number one, being comfortable in your skin slash Lee Ellis for being comfortable in his skin. So yeah. <laughs> uh, thing number two is going to be stillness. Uh, so, you know, anytime that you can just take a few minutes on a day to day basis and just like no noise. So like no music, no podcast, you're not watching TV and it's just like perfectly still and it's just you're alone with your thoughts for a few minutes. I think that's something that's really hard to come by and you got to be really deliberate about it, but I think it's something that's really important. Um, yeah. So I'm grateful for the opportunities to be able to do that um, and find that stillness. And then thing number three, you're getting a combo platter here. All right. Now these things are separate. So I, I don't eat them together, but uh, they're two things that I've grown to really appreciate in the past month. Oyster mushrooms and dried mangoes. Dried mangoes are good. Dry mangoes are really good. They got like, like the big bag of them. Oh yeah, like Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I'll... I got oyster mushrooms though. Yeah, so oyster mushrooms. I don't know if you cook. Take the oyster mushrooms. You cut them up. You put them in the pan. You pan fry them a little bit. Yeah. Put them on like a flatbread pizza. Or you could just eat them as is. Like so good. I have to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. We're going to talk about basketball a little bit. Ooh. There's, there's no way that we could have this conversation without talking about it because there's a lot of really interesting ties. Yeah. Uh, one that you used to play, but also, you know, St. Louis and, yeah. and kind of where you go to school and all that. So uh, I heard you were pretty good. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about it. You played at Christian Brothers. That's where mm-hmm. you're still at right now, Christian Brothers College. Uh, right. Did you ever play with McDonald's All-American and current UNC Tar Heel Caleb Love? Not in game, but like there will be a gym class or something. I'll play pickup with them or I'll play with them after school. But like in game, I never got to play with them. How was that experience? Just watching them move around the court. You don't like you don't know what to do with them. Like you, you guard them up close. He's going to blow by you and dunk. You give him room. He's going to shoot from anywhere. He'll pull up from the logo if you leave him open. But like just watching Caleb move around and do the things he do. Watching like his court awareness, like I think his passing ability is overlooked a lot, like especially at where he's at now at UNC. Like in high school, um, I remember I was at a game. We were playing Bashan when they had um, Cameron Fletcher or Cameron Fletcher still. It was, like a rivalry game. Jason Tatum was in attendance for that game, and um, we ended up losing that game. But he made a pass. He was by like the, the coach's box in the um, like the opposite side of the court. Somebody got a steal for us. And Caleb got the ball back. The person that got the steal ran by. There's three Bashan defenders right here, 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 and here. That guy's still right here. Caleb just spins and just throws the ball and just runs back off, like, back to the other side of the court. The window's this big. The ball's this big. The guy catches the ball right here, makes the layup. Like, you don't know how he does it. But just watching him is definitely special. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think people, uh, you know, in the spirit of March Madness and, you know, obviously college basketball is in the spotlight right now, like, yeah. I don't think people realize even like the average players on some of these teams, like really how, good. how good they are compared to the average 
high school player, whoever you, you would run into. You ever um, see those videos of like NBA players going to like club fitness to run pickups and they're just like cooking everybody? Yeah, you ever see the the video of Brian Scalabrini? Yeah. <laughs> White Mamba. White Mamba. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because it's like everyone ragged on him. They were like, you're the worst player in the NBA. And he's like, yeah, that may be true. But well, like, I'm 51 at club fitness right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, all right. So you, you brought up Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah. His dad was your coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So for people listening that don't know who Jason Tatum is, you don't follow basketball. That's okay. Uh, you got to know who Jason Tatum is. You got to know who he is. You got to know. Superstar for the Boston Celtics. Uh, He played at Duke. Um, His dad is the head coach at Christian Brothers. He was your head coach. What was it like playing for him? And then did you have any opportunities to meet Jason? Yeah, um, playing for him, um, he definitely knows a lot about the game. Like he played at CBC um, like 94 through 97, 98. Um, Him and Larry Hughes is another one. but he he knows so much about the game, dude. Like, you could you could he could watch you play once and break down your whole game. He knows what you're gonna do this play, the next play, come in come into court for this play. You know what you did three plays ago. Like his basketball IQ is off the charts, dude. And then he still got it. Like I know he ran he ran the floor with us a few times and dunked on dunked on us like just drop step dunking. Like he still got it. So you can't oh, underestimate him. Yeah. But um, my my old AAU coach when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. He coached Jason growing up because he was friends with uh, Justin, his dad. So I played baseball and basketball growing up. Um, when Jason Tatum was a senior in high school, they played the state game at Mizzou, like an hour and a half from me, like right straight down uh, 270. But um, he played the state game at Chaminade, and I was in Louisville for a baseball tournament when this happened. So my coach took the team to go watch Chaminade at the state game and they met Jason Tatum after, but I was playing baseball. So I didn't get to meet him. You got your priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. Like, look where I'm at now. So that's it. Now I watched uh, Jason Tatum play in high school at the hoop hall classic in Springfield. Yeah. So right before I moved to North Carolina, that was like the last thing I did. I went with my grandpa uh, and we watched Jason Tatum in Chaminade against, uh, was it Damatha Catholic from Maryland? And they were yeah. led by uh, Markel Fultz at the time. Yeah. And those two guys ended up going both top three picks uh, the next draft after that, which was kind of cool. But it's just crazy because you watch um, old Jason Tatum clips from high school and you watch him now, the same player. Oh, yeah. Like the, the game's the same, still a little mid-range specialist. At everything's the exact same. He's just a lot more mature now. So I think that's yeah. Pretty, like, my, uh, my grandpa was like, Tatum, Tatum's the best player here by far. You know, you, you like called it out, and I was sitting and there, down. I was like enamored by Mark Fultz because he came back and he cooked them in the math. And <laughs> I'm like, no, it's Fultz, it's Fultz. He's like, no, I'm telling you, Tatum is special. Yeah, grandpa, right now. Yeah, grandpa knew. That's it. Grandpa knew. Yep. Um. All right. So, uh, we've talked about all of this. You know, obviously, the close ties to basketball. You played basketball. Uh, yeah. you know, you're around high level players, around people who know high level players. Uh, talk about your decision to pursue baseball over basketball. Um, and then you know, yeah. I, I don't know how, like, how did that happen? If how did you choose baseball if you had all of this high level basketball around you? 
yeah, baseball was just, it was what I did first. Like, it was just my first love, really. Like, it was always more enjoyable for me. Like, it always came natural. Um, you don't believe me when I, or you don't believe me when I tell you this, but um, before I was born, like, before my mom even conceived, she was having dreams of, like, a tall man, like, a big smile playing baseball. Like, she couldn't tell the facial features, but he had a smile, he played baseball, and he called her mama. So then she got pregnant, and she kept having the dream. Like, my dad was calling her crazy. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's not, like, it's just a dream. Like, relax. And then, like, the closer I was to being born, the more she was having the dream. And I was like, I'm kind of living out that dream now. And it's like, I think it's already written that, like, I was a baseball player. So, I don't know. Well, we know you got the big smile, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I think I'm just living through that dream right now. Like, it sounds crazy, but I think it is written already. It sounds crazy, but we're all, in, you know, we're all entitled to believe what we believe. And yeah. I think it's cool. Thank you. <laughs> so. yeah, I think it's pretty cool, too, because it's like she had it before she was even pregnant with me. And then the closer I was to being born, the more she had it. So it's like, I don't know. Some things are just God given. Did she have have anything in those dreams about, like, World Series or <laughs> – I'm going to have to ask her. She never brought it up, but all she said was the same dream about a tall baseball player with a big smile calling her mom. Yeah, it's like, it. mom, you got to go back and you got to you gotta rewrite the you gotta, script. You got you to do this for me. <laughs> you got to <laughs> go back for me. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, Ignition, you said that baseball is your first love. Yeah. Let's talk about kind of how you fell in love with the game of baseball. Like, what was it specifically? So, like, Ignition is, we like to define it as, like, what – you know, gets you, what gets you through like the bad days or, you know, when you're playing your sport. Right. So like yeah. if you love your sport, there will be bad days. And, uh, you know, some people don't love a sport like that and they quit and other people keep going. So ignition yeah. could be like a player you grew up watching or a family member or a team or be a moment. It could be a number of different things, but kind of what ignited yeah. you in baseball. Um, there's a few things. Like, I think um, one thing that really ignited me to love baseball was just the fact that it's a game of challenges. Like, it's a game of chances. Um, overall, the game's a huge mental challenge. Like, it's the only sport you're going to fail a lot more than you succeed, and I, I fell in love with that. Um, growing up, my dad worked overnight, so it's kind of just, like, our time to bond. Like, being able to play all day with my dad, helping coach, that kind of was, like, our time to bond. Like, it was my time to be with my dad. Um but then just back to the mental side of it, like growing up, I was always real cerebral. Like I was always like real advanced, I'd say, and like mature. So just being able to know I can fail this time and get a million more chances, that really made me fall in love with it a lot more. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what's going to continue to carry you through because, you know, as, as you continue to play the game at a higher level, you're going to face, you know, different levels of failure in different ways and, that's yeah. the stuff that helps you push through and, and it keeps you confident in your ability and in your love for the game. So uh, yeah. thanks for sharing that with us. For sure. The last thing on the topic of long-term athlete development, uh, which I think is really important to bring this topic up with everybody. And it's not just for athletes sleep and tell me about your relationship with sleep. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a two sided relationship for sure. It's a real happy one. Uh, <laughs> I love sleep and sleep loves me, but it's weird though, because like, I can't take naps. 
Like a lot of people come up from practice and nap immediately. I can't. Like I'll lounge around. I go to sleep. Like once I'm out, I'm out. Like I'm out, dude. And then uh, I can't sleep for long. So it's like if I go to sleep at 12, I'll still wake up at like 7.30 or 8 with no alarm. And I don't think it's a problem with it because like a lot of people can go to sleep from 10 to 10 or 10 to 12. And it's like I feel like when you do that, you already miss out on half your day. Like you're missing out on too much. So I feel like. The early bird is the worm for sure. But I think sleep is definitely important because the best ability in an athlete is availability. And if you're not well rested and conditioned, like you're not available, you're not able to perform. Yeah. I mean, I will say that it's real. it sounds really good. Uh, your relationship with sleep and, and yeah. I'm really happy for you that you're able to put your head on the pillow, just fall asleep. And then, you know, you're waking up without an alarm seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, but I mean, you know, something I can say is, you know, especially from an athlete's perspective and as you get older, like if you can get eight and a half, nine hours of sleep, I recommend that you do it. Um, sure. and, and that's, it's mostly just because of like all of the, the wonderful, of, um, effects of sleep in terms of like healing the body and recovery and, you know, processing everything you learned in the previous day. So like when you go to school or whether you go to practice or whatever it is, like, the time you're asleep marinating exactly that's where it's all like connecting and solidifying and, and becoming so like when you see kids at you know they get six hours of sleep or they're staying up super late and they're waking up early uh regularly like they're they're putting themselves at a disadvantage exactly so a huge advantage yeah but anyway it sounds like you got your uh your ducks in a row on that so yeah it's not bad how's yours my sleep's great. It sounds very similar to your sleep because, like, my sleep is uh, – I don't nap. I can't remember the last time I took a nap. It's it's It was probably yeah. when I had COVID because I think, like, that was just, like, a side effect. It's like, oh, I feel tired. So I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I go to bed every night, like, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I'm up 7, 15 every morning. And uh, yeah. I got a whoop. You got a she whoop, man? Yeah. I, I need one. I need one. Yeah, it tells me every day I got I get 100% sleep efficiency and it shows me my REM sleep and my deep sleep and all that and everything's it's I've always had good sleep, so it's just confirming what I've always believed, which is is always good to confirm, you know. Yeah. One of my friends went to uh Mexico for spring break and he had his whoop on. He went to bed at like 2 in the morning one night. Woke up at like 6. He had like a 13% uh recovery rate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Late nights in Mexico, not good for your recovery. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about last summer. Um, I know we touched on it a little bit before on some of the players that you played with, but talk to me about your favorite baseball experience from last summer or past um, year. Honestly, probably either, either PDP or PG All-American. I'd say PDP because – it's a week-long event. You're around the best coaches in the country, the best players in the country, and they're all just playing like a week long in North Carolina at the USA Complex, probably the nicest complex you'll ever play at. Um, you have practice in the morning, games in the day, and then you're bonding with the boys at night. So you can't go wrong with that, especially when it's 100 of you and you're all here for the same thing. Like you want to have a long major league career. Um, that was special. And then PG All-American just because it wasn't just about baseball when you got there. Like they were real big in a charity. Like we went to a school and worked with kids with special needs and kids who were like refugee children 
I think that was really big, giving back to the community. Um, I like how long that event was because it wasn't just um, like, for example, the MLB High School All-American game at Dodger Stadium during All-Star Weekend. That was real fun, but they got us in Friday night. We played Saturday, and then we left early Sunday morning. So, like, we were there yeah. for All-Star Weekend, but we didn't get to experience any of the All-Star stuff. So it was like we were just in and out. Yeah. But but PGL American, it was a long event, but it wasn't too long. You're around a lot of the same guys from PEP and all the other events. So you're already, like, familiar with all the guys. You're familiar with the coaches. But then it was just, like, it was a game, but it wasn't, like, a life-or-death game. Like, you know, like, at the end of the day, it was a fun game. Just, like, being out there. Like, it was like an All-Star game. Yeah. Like, like you watch the MLB All-Star game where it's, like, guys aren't, like, half-assing it, but they're not, like – Playing like it's their last game, you know, like you're just out there enjoying the time, dude. Yeah, you can just so kind of have fun. There, I can imagine that there aren't too many environments that you're in over the course of the summer where you can just kind of relax and back enjoy and yourself. relax, dude. Yeah. yeah, where you don't have to be like you got in. you got guys like Trey Phelps out there playing in game with like the big PGL American hat. You know, I'm talking about like like the real big one. Like he's out yeah. there playing in the game with that. Like you do that anywhere else, you're you know, crossed off a list or you're. You know, look that different, but it's like out there just having fun. So it's just like you got to do it. Yeah, that's what's up. Awesome. Uh, I want to talk about this past fall going down to Mexico with Team USA. They called, yeah. uh, you accepted, and then you paced the offense, batting over 400, appeared in every game, five of five on stolen bases. You guys qualified again uh, for this year's World Cup, 18 year World Cup. They go to Taiwan this year, dude. I'm so jealous. yeah you want to talk about the importance of sleep go to taiwan and come back take a few (laughs) weeks to get back on your sleep schedule (laughs) man worth it so worth it um talk to me about your experience with team mexico or not team mexico team usa in mexico (laughs) it was honestly just a surreal feeling like um i got my invite down in jupiter from coach borba with the breakthrough series um i played with the breakthrough series down in jupiter and he's like, dude, I've been following you all week. Coaches are saying nothing but good things about you. I see nothing but good things on the field, like interactions, like everything's great. Like, I think you fit perfect on this USA team. And then that was honestly just huge for me, like a huge accomplishment for me because at PDP this year, I pulled my hamstring. So I had to sit out of PDP, so I couldn't make the first, like, USA team. So I didn't, I didn't go to trials. I didn't go to 20-man. I didn't make that team. But I was hurt. Just being able to bounce back from that and play and still make Team USA really proved that, like, I could do that. Like, maybe if I didn't get hurt, I could have made that other team. But being there around all the guys like Ty Southerson, P.J. Morlando, Ford Thompson, uh, Nate Franco, Macon Winslow, Coach Borba, Coach Coach Denny, being around all those guys, like a lot of great baseball information being passed around. From, from us, from them being passed down, being passed around, and then just playing the competition we were playing, it was just like fun. Like we were all, um, we were all just there bonding together, dude. Like that was our first time all playing together. Like all of us were playing together for the first time, and you honestly wouldn't have known if you were there. Like they gave us like a week, like five days, five days to like get to know each other, and after that we were just like, like training with no breaks. Like we were not stopping. Yeah, that's it. That, that's when you know it's special, when a team can come together that quick. That quick, dude. Like, it was literally like this. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about the the World Baseball Classic here in a minute, but I think that's kind of 
that's one of the key ingredients to success in the World Baseball Classic is how fast it can all come together. Yeah. Um, all right. So specifically speaking about Mexico, we talked about eats before in St. Louis. You know, any good eats yeah. down in Mexico? Like, what was the cultural experience like? It was a lot of good food down in Mexico. Um, Roman Martin was my roommate down there. And every day for, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we had horchata and jamaica. Me and Roman were just, like, down in cups of both. Like, uh, there yeah. was no, bro, like, I miss it so much. Like, there was, like, we had water in the room. Like, as soon as we left the room, Chata on the mic, just down in it. And then, like, we went to, um, I don't even remember the name of the restaurant. It was like right when we got there. Like, it looked sketch. Like, there were like four straight dogs outside the restaurant. Like, I don't even know where we were, bro. <laughs> like, fresh off the bus. And then they had the best guacamole I've ever had. Let's go. Yeah, like, we had like taquitos, uh, some like pork dish. Um, rice salsa and like guacamole the best guacamole i've ever had and i love guacamole so there's a lot of good food down there you're making me jealous i'm hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to get over you talking about it dude i know <laughs> marco make some guacamole right after this i love mexican food yeah um oh that's awesome let's uh get to know you a little bit on a baseball field yeah um i think on a baseball field I'm a I'm a leader for sure, leader first and foremost. Um, fun to be around. Like I don't think you've seen me on a baseball field, and I'm not, like I'm not smiling. Like I'm always smiling. Um, I love I love how the game brings people together because like there's always potential in a team where you have dudes, but then there's like the dudes aren't always going to perform together. So it's like you're gonna have days where this guy does this, this guy does this, this guy can't perform, and I feel like is constantly encouraging your teammates and bringing your teammates together all the time. That's the biggest thing you can do as a leader on the field. But outside of leading, um, tools are loud, athleticism is loud. Um, my bat came a long way. Um, so I think I take a lot of pride in my bat now. I take a lot of pride in the field and base running. Um, so yeah. Nas, the glue guy. Yeah. Bringing the whole team together with that big smile. For real. For real, though. Because <laughs> it's like you gotta have a leader. You gotta have a leader where people respect that guy and people like that guy. So it's like I feel like if you have a leader that people don't respect, you're not gonna listen. You have a leader where people don't like that guy. It's like I'm not gonna listen to that guy. But if it's like you can get along with the bullpen pitchers and the starters, and you're a starter, and it's just like it brings everybody together. And I think that's good for team camaraderie. Let's go. All right, so load in ten. So you're one of the top athletes in the the entire class. Uh, what's it like knowing that? Honestly, an honor because there's a lot of guys in our class, a lot of athletes in our class, a lot of guys who get prided on their athleticism. Just being a low in ten, I think what's that like top one percent? Top one percent. Top one percent in the class. I think there's still room for more in the tank too. I, I think know. that's that's one of the things <laughs> that is like <laughs> there is room for more in the tank because you're still growing. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the things is like with our, you know, we, we showcase a handful of athletes every year on their athleticism coming into the draft class. And it's like, it's not like we're just, you know, cherry picking a few guys like this. This is kind of realistically like, this is your, right. This is, this is it. <laughs> this, this is it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
I, I think it's uh it's really cool and it's definitely a really good thing to have in your back pocket because I think you know this is something I was thinking about earlier. You know, like I think about this a lot actually. It wasn't just yeah. earlier. But uh <laughs> it's like as the game speeds up, right? Like everything happens faster, right? Yeah. Like whether you're going to a college game, you go to A ball, you go to high A, you go to double A, you go to triple A, you get to the big leagues. It's like everything happens faster. They hit the ball harder, throw the ball faster. You have less time to get to that ground ball because that ground ball is coming off the bat at 110 instead of off of off of one, you know, 105 versus 95 versus you know, whatever, right? So yeah. everything happens faster, everything has to be tighter. And you know, athletes have a little bit more that they can fall back on uh when the game gets faster because they don't have to try as hard to catch or to keep up, I guess, with the pace of the game. So uh, yeah, it's a really good thing for you to have in your back pocket. Yeah, then it really just diversifies you as a player. So, like, if you're an athletic third baseman, you can move your shortstop, center field, right field. Like, you can play anywhere on the field. And I think that helps out a lot, especially as the game gets faster, like you said. Like, you can move anywhere. You can help the team out and anywhere you get put at. 100%. And, you know, that's the athletes are the ones that stick up the middle uh, and, and play the, the high-end premium defensive positions. Um, you know, you look at, like, the Trey Turners of the world. It's like, Trey Turner's playing shortstop because he's one of the best athletes in all of Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's something that probably will come into the forefront in the next couple of years. It's just how important being a high level athlete is to sticking up the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's something that I've seen time and time again, just with the you know the loading scores and all that. Is that's higher loading scores profile up the middle? Um, you know, guys who are more power profile, you know profile on the outside so uh the corners corner outfield corner infield so um no that's that's really cool uh how do you i guess i kind of talked about it but how do you use your athleticism as an advantage on the field really uh really on the basis it helps out a lot because i feel like um like you said as the game speeds up pitchers are throwing harder catches are getting better arms um Pitchers know how to mix speeds differently. Like I feel like if you're more athletic, you have a little bit more of an advantage on maybe missing a jump on the base path. Like you can still make up for that speed. Um, in the field, you can get to balls in the hole. In the outfield, you can run down balls in the gaps. Um, and then just having a strong arm really helps out a lot because then you can really get put anywhere. Like I played shortstop all summer, and then on Team USA in Mexico, I played all center field. Like I played center field and third base for uh, Team USA. So. I think that really just diversifies you as a player, like I said earlier. Yeah, I think it's huge in terms of, you know, positional versatility. Yeah. You just said it. And it's like Royce Lewis did the same thing for Team USA back in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, where like, you got, yeah, you got, you got drafted as a shortstop, but he played center field for Team USA. Because uh, if I remember correctly, Nick Allen was a shortstop on that team. Uh, CJ Abrams did the same thing. I think it was yeah. 2020, 2019. Um, I'm trying to remember who played shortstop. That it might have been Bobby Witt. Probably, yeah. I it think they had Bobby Witt at short, CJ Abrams in center, and uh, Yo-Yo Morales at third. All right, so it's like shortstop, center field. You're basically Kike Hernandez. Yeah, <laughs> just gotta dye your hair blonde. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> no, <laughs> not unless no, it might. We might uh, – we had a little team thing going. If we make it out of uh, district for playoffs, like if we go to state, we'll team will like dye our hair blonde or something. 
Oh man, that's gonna be electric. Yeah, so hopefully we make it out of districts. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make it out of districts. Yeah, um, all right, so I want to talk about your college uh, commitment and that whole experience. I think yeah. you could probably share, you know, with younger players who are going about to go through the same thing, um, kind of what your experience was. I know that you were originally committed to the University of Miami. Yeah. Uh, I know that you played this past summer uncommitted for the most part, and then you committed to Arkansas. So I just kind of want to, you know, hear a little bit about, you know, what does that process look like from the time you got into high school to the time that you ultimately committed to Arkansas? Um, you know, if you had any advice for a younger player who's about to go through that. Yeah. So for any younger player out there, um, the way baseball shifts and the way the game's changing, there's probably a lot of pressure to commit early. Like you already see 27th and 28th committing, which is ridiculous. Like these guys don't even know where they're going to high school at, but yeah. they're already going to a college, you know? <laughs> um, so I feel like I wouldn't say I rushed my decision to come into Miami because I feel like I really feel like that was the best thing for me at the time. But as you're younger, what's best for you at that time isn't what's best for you three, four years down the road when you're in high school. So I feel like um, like I committed summer going into freshman year. So I was in eighth grade. I was 14 years old when I committed. Um, like, like at that time, I was talking to a few schools, um, starting to get like, you know, irritated with the process. Like, oh, I don't want to call this coach at 615. I don't want to do this on Wednesday. Like, I'm just making my decision now. And then just being in Florida all the time, playing at tournaments, uh, bigger tournaments, and then performing well down there is kind of like, I like playing in Florida, you know? Yep. So um, <laughs> when I committed, you couldn't do official visits yet because I was like young. So um, they opened the campus a few times for me, let me roam around. And like, I love the campus. Like there's a lot of eye candy down there in Miami, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then- uh, <laughs> the Palm trees, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, whatever you, however you take it. Yep. Uh, that there's a lot down there like I really liked. And then um, just talking to people who I trained with, who I was like surrounding myself with, like Christian Little, Jimmy Overtop, uh, Nick Moten. These are all, and Curtis Byrne, these are all SEC and Big Ten, Big 12 guys. And Miami was an ACC school. So I'm seeing what they're doing in their offseason programs, what they're doing in the season, what their schools are doing, like how they're handling themselves. And I'm like, this is a lot different to what Miami's doing. And I like to live where these guys are at because I'm training with these guys every day. So I did a little further research on Miami and that whole thing. And then I did a research on like SEC schools and why it just means more. So um, while I was committed to Miami still, I got an advisor with Craig Rose and Paragon Sports. And then I kind of expressed to him that like, hey, like I kind of want to like decommit. And he's like, are you sure about that? Because like, he's like, I don't want to push you to do it if you don't want to do it. But like, if you do it, like there's probably a slim chance that you can go back to Miami, you know? So talked him through it or talked to him about it. He talked me through it, talked to my family about it a lot and did my own research. And then it was kind of just like, you know what? I think was best for me when I was 14, but now I'm 16, about to be 17. I've matured as a player and a person. I don't think it's the best thing for me anymore. So I decided to decommit from Miami, played my, um, played my junior spring had my summer season, and then at the end of the season, I uh, October 6th, October 6th, right before Jupiter, I committed to Arkansas. So just being able to go through the process the right way and go on a few official visits and not just roam the campus and fall in love with eye candy, um, I think that really helped out a lot. 
being able to be around the coaches more, being able to talk to the coaches a lot more, not just on a Tuesday aspect of the team, but just being able to text the coach and interact with the coaches a lot more. That really helped out a lot. So being able to take your time and go through the process, go through the process the right way is really the way to go. Yeah, I think that shows a lot of maturity. I think, um, you know, being able to kind of understand what's best for you and, and like what's best for you and, and what's best for me and what's best for anybody is going to constantly evolve. So it's, oh yeah, it's kind of that process of constant self-evaluation of like, okay, where am I at and what do I need? Um, and, and, you know, finding a way to get that done for yourself. You know, obviously you, you kind of have a luxury that a lot of players don't have where you can decommit from Miami and, uh, end up at Arkansas, but, um, <laughs> Nonetheless, I uh, appreciate you kind of sharing that whole process with us because I think, you know, that's sure. there's a million different ways that it too. plays out. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to understand that because, like I said, you see a lot of guys committing super early and then they end up decommitting anyway. So it's like, what was the point of it? Was it just to rush so perfect game could post it? Was it to rush so you look good at school? So it's like, it just, it's, 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 it's complicated, but I don't think it, it should be as complicated as it is, you know? Yeah. 100%. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic a little bit because that's what's that's what's hot right now. That's what's going on. Yeah, um, yeah as we're recording this, we got Venezuela versus Team USA tonight uh, in a quarterfinal. But uh, have you been watching? And uh, if yes, what's been your favorite part of the World Baseball Classic? I watched, uh, I watched some games. But I think my favorite part, probably having 10 St. Louis Cardinals playing in the World Baseball Classic right now. Well, no, I'm just messing with you. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, Are you though? I don't know. Probably USA beating Canada. I watched that game. That was one of the games I watched. Um, put it on a bad dude. I had a um, I had a bell with my trainer. I was like, I got, I got USA seven to five. He's like, you think? I was like, yeah. And then uh, they put up like ten in the first inning. I was like, well, if they go to my bet, like I'm, I'm gonna go eleven to five. I think they won eleven to five. So, hey, you got watch. you got the five part right. Yeah, I got the five right. You got seeing, the outcome um, right. <laughs> seeing um, seeing large new bar with Japan interact with Shohei Otani. I think that's that's pretty special because like Shohei's a worldwide superstar. Large new bar is a really good baseball player. I mean, just seeing those guys interacting now they're like best friends. I think that's pretty special. Might see Shohei come to St. Louis if we want to pay him. You know, I, I haven't, uh, that's not the first time I've heard that rumor. <laughs> a lot of people are talking <laughs> about that. They're, they're like, oh, hey, so Lars went over know. there. He planted himself with the samurai so that he could get in show easier. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. And you got the, got the little, little pepper grinder celebration. Yeah. That's it. Got, pretty cool. got, got the whole, whole city of Japan doing it. My whole Twitter timeline was just little kids doing the pepper grinder for as far as I can scroll. Let's go. I love the pepper grinder. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, all right. So, I mean, the World Baseball Classic is just so much fun, especially watching those guys in Japan. And yeah. uh, I've really enjoyed watching the Latin teams down in Miami. But yeah. uh, playing the Latin teams down in Mexico was unreal. Like we play, we play Panama twice, and they brought cowbells and drums, and they brought the energy for sure. And then we played Mexico, in Mexico. They packed it like I think that game sold out, and that was just to watch a bunch of 17, 18 year olds play. Like it was unreal. It's just different. It's a celebration down there. It's a culture down there, dude. Hundred percent. What's it like to wear 
Team USA on your chest. You got a unique perspective on this because you you've done it and you've done it recently and you've done it really? in you know another country. Um, you know, kind of speak to that a little bit for the people that have been following the World Baseball Classic. Just kind of like what that feeling is. Yeah, I think wearing that on your chest is just put a target on your back. Honestly, I feel like whenever you put USA on your chest, you represent your country, your family, your friends, yourself. Um, but I feel like whenever you do that, you've got a lot of people and countries who want to just get that off you. Like they want to be able to say, I beat America. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just waiting for USA to lose tonight against Venezuela just so they can say they put out USA. Like, I think this year with Team USA probably not being as good as they've been in the past, you could say, I think a lot of people are happy about that. And then, um, the, um, what was it? The Apple Watch one and just like the playing of games, yes, dude. Uh, in Mexico, we were in Mexico playing Mexico. The game, that game that sold out, uh, the coach had on an Apple Watch and uh, he got a seismic wave warning for like the noise being too loud. Cause like Mexico, Mexico was winning the whole game. It was like seven to five of them. We won eight to seven. It was like seven to five of them in like the top of the six. And they, they got a bunt down. They dropped a bunt. Our pitcher got it, threw it away. And uh, after he did that, the place erupted. Like our coach got a seismic wave alert on his Apple Watch. I know I got off topic there, but I just had to bring that up. I was like, Apple Watch. But yeah, just plan, plan for USA. Having that on your chest puts a huge target on your back. A lot of people want to see you fail. Like, they can't wait for you to fail. So that's I think crazy. It's a lot of pre- I, think, I think it's a lot of pressure on you, but you can't think of it as pressure because pressure can either burst, per- uh, burst pipes or make diamonds. I hear that. I hear it loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> as clear as the diamonds that it makes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you said that USA isn't as good as the, they've been in the past. I would. No, I, I would. Just, just a, I would disagree. Maybe that I feel like I feel like the pitching staff. Though, we don't have as good of a bullpen as we've had in the past. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. Devin Williams is pretty good. Yeah, but, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> Dev, uh, Devin's from St. Louis. Devin, yeah, Devin did. went to CBC. <laughs> did he? Yeah, he went for his freshman year. I did it on purpose. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Devin went to CBC for his freshman year. Uh, no, well, but I mean, like the 2017 WBC team, like they they went out there and they won with like Drew Smiley, uh, Danny Shek, Danny Duffy, <laughs> Pat Nishek. Exactly. So it's not like. Yeah. I, I I think Team USA is fine. People forget that they lost to the Dominican Republic. And I can't remember. They lost. I think they might have lost Puerto Rico, too, in pool play. Yeah, they lost uh, Puerto Rico in pool play and the Dominican. Yeah. Yep. And then Puerto they, Rico they just got put hot. Dominican out of this one. Yep. So all, all I'm saying is, is you know, they they had one tough game in that pool one game. play. Yeah, yeah. They fixed that one game. And after that, they're fine. Yeah. They're, like they're, they're, if they'll get past just, Venezuela tonight, they'll, they'll be fine. I do think Mexico's in their head a little bit, but you know, we'll yeah. cross it. They're, they're a big sleeper in this tournament, dude. That that lineup is really good. They've yeah. got depth and they've got arms. They've got arms. Like sure. Sandoval is legit as a number two behind Urias. There's somebody um, uh one of the pictures from the Cardinals, uh, Herrera. He's on Mexico. 
or they, they've got they've uh, got guys on the team. All right. Yeah. No, literally, literally. Like Gallegos and then Urias. And who's the other guy? Like Mexico's deep. Yeah, Mexico's they got deep. Randy Rosarena. Like they're deep. They got Verdugo. They got Rowdy Tellez. That was a guy. Rowdy Tellez, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's just flicking balls out. <laughs> big rowdy. Big boy, big boy flicking balls out. Yeah, we'll send we'll send Rowdy to St. Louis too. <laughs> yeah, let him eat some uh, hibachi. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Did you watch the uh Puerto Rico DR game where uh the DR got eliminated? I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights on wheels. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Crazy. What were your but thoughts Edwin, on the, uh, about Edwin Diaz, dude? That's what I'm saying. What are your thoughts on Edwin Diaz going down in a celebration? It's a freak accident. Like, you can't be mad at him for celebrating a big win for his country, especially putting out DR, which is their rival country. So I don't think you can't you can't be too hard on him for that. But it's a freak accident, dude. Like, it doesn't happen a lot. But when it does, it sucks. So hoping yeah, I mean, recovery. It's a little bit of a – it's tough on him because he, he plays for the Mets and that's a pretty large fan base. Definitely. Yeah. And they're going to be good this year. Let's see on that one. Yeah. Like it's, it's unfortunate, but it happens. It's not yeah. too common, but it happens. Stuff happens. All right. So do you have a sleeper pick for the tournament? Slash, who do you think wins? I think Mexico is definitely a sleeper. I don't think – I think coming into this, people weren't expecting them to do as good as they're doing. But same with Venezuela, honestly. Like, people knew they were going to be good, but not not this good. But I'm going to take my chances and – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it just depends. It's baseball. You can't really bet on it, especially, like, at this level. Like, I feel like if USA beats Venezuela tonight, they'll be fine. Like, they'll make it pretty far. Um, but if Venezuela wins, I think they'll win it all. Yeah, I think there's still but some Puerto Rico, but, but Puerto Rico is really good, too. And they've got depth. Yeah, but they got bounced yesterday by Mexico. They're out. They got bounced? Yeah, they're bounced. Oh, snap. Yeah, so Mexico's yeah, Mexico, through. Yeah, Mexico, yeah, Mexico's rolling right now. So they're hot. Well, that's the, that's the thing is like it's I think USA versus Venezuela today. Yeah. And I'd like to say players. like okay, the winner of that game is going to go play Japan in the final, but I can't say that because yeah, Japan, the winner Japan of this plays game Mexico, right? No, I think the winner of this game today has to play Mexico to get to the to the final. To play yeah, to play Japan. And I think Japan's playing Cuba next, I don't know. I, I didn't really pay Cuba. a ton of attention. I, I thought to Japan played Mexico. Or Japan, Japan plays the winner of Mexico and Cuba. Oh, okay. I think. Something like that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Japan, Japan's got the arms. Mexico's got the offense and the arms. Venezuela's America's got the offense and the arms. Yeah. And America's is America. Like, I feel like, I literally feel like now that they're here, they're going to show up and play. I'm like, this is where they do their best at. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a hostile environment tonight. Down oh, in yeah. Miami. A lot of Venezuelans down in Miami. Yeah. So, all right. Well, five to ten years down the road, you get a call from Team USA to play for the World Baseball Classic. Yes, no, 
thoughts, thinking about it. it. I'm taking it. <laughs> no hesitation. No hesitation. I'm taking it. Taking it. Got to do it. Got to do it. All right. A few last questions, and I'll let you go. Get on with your Saturday. Um, watch the Venezuela USA game. Get your prep in for that. Get your Friday yeah. ready. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what are your personal goals? What are your personal goals for the spring uh, and then leading up to the draft? Yeah. Um, my last few seasons, I've been flirting with batting 400. I'm sure I want to bat 400 or better. Um, I want to set the school record for stolen bases. I want to I wanna get a state ring. I can't leave high school without getting a ring, dude. That'll suck. Um, I want to win Gatorade Player of the Year, too. I want that real bad. And then for the summer, I think right now with all the draft talks, it's a huge honor. But I feel like the next step is just getting to Arkansas, you know. Uh, so whatever happens is whatever happens this spring will dictate that. I feel like the draft's a huge possibility, but I also feel like you can't go. I can't go wrong with going to campus for three years. So we'll keep we'll just play by ear for the time for the time being. But I think I got a good shot. Well, that's that is a heck of a list of personal goals for 2023. But big time players take big bites, so let's yeah. go. Gotta take a risk. Yeah. Gotta go for it. All right. Anything else you want people to know about you uh, before we let you go? Um, I taught myself how to ride a bike with no training wheels when I was three. That's really interesting. How yeah. did that even happen? Yeah, so in my neighborhood, it was always like older kids running around, and I always wanted to like be with them. But I was like younger, so I couldn't. They were like nine, ten. I was three. So um, they all had their bikes, and they were like, "You're holding us back with these training wheels. Like if you want to ride with us, you gotta go without them." They just took my bike and threw it, and like until the until the training wheel snapped off. So I was like, "I want to ride with y'all." So I just had to ride my bike like with no training wheels. Wow. Yeah. That's a legendary story right there. It just threw me in the water and I swam. Like it was Man, I didn't know how to ride a bike without training wheels until like I think it was just about the beginning of second grade. Jeez. I thought I was advanced. You gotta catch you gotta catch up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Well, thank you yeah. so much um for giving me an hour of your time on a Saturday. No problem. I appreciate you. Uh, it was great getting to know you and can't wait to see you check off all of those goals for 2023. Uh, big year coming. Looking forward to to that batting 400, getting that stolen base record, getting that ring, uh, taking care of business, and, and we'll be in touch. For sure. We'll keep in touch. All right. Loading Sports Outlier Sessions. We'll see you next time.